0: Real quick, real quick, the phone is here. (laughs) Sir, where are you?
1: Good morning, good morning, this is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad, oh that's kind of pitiful, he woke you up this morning, let us rejoice and be glad, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, let us pray, oh heavenly father, we thank you we thank you for your sunshine we thank you for the rain and God as we enter into this service we ask you to let us open our hearts let us consecrate on you let us give you the praise and the glory that you so rightly deserve we love you God we appreciate everything you do for us And right now, Lord Jesus, as we come together in this service, and there are those who are listening to us online. We are one, ready to serve you, ready to give you our best. It is in the precious name of Jesus. And all the saints say amen, 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 and amen.
2: Thank mm-hmm.
3: Them another hand cap of praise. Amen. What a joy it is to start a service off in that manner. Amen. Amen. We're going to ask that our deacon come forth with our prayer.
4: Father, we come thanking you this morning for the opportunity to assemble again in your house of worship. We pray, Father, and we don't take it for granted, this opportunity. Father, there are those among us who need your care, for we all need your care. But those who are sick, we ask that you would step in and be the healer. Father, for those who have transitioned, we pray that you would comfort those who are left behind be their pain relief, be our ever-present helper. Father, for we are in time of need. We need you daily, Father, in this chaotic world that turns in a different way every day, we need you. Every day, we need you. This hour, we need you. And as we come into corporate worship, We ask that you would bind our hearts together, that we may give you the ultimate praise, that we may say amen to your word, testify to what you have done for us, and live a life fitting of your blessings. We ask it now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
3: We prepare for our responsive reading. We're going to ask that you let the worshipers in. If you don't mind, stand for the responsive reading, please. Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Congregation. And now my head shall be lifted up above mine enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. All. I will sing yes. I will sing praises to the Lord. Amen. Now we'll get ready for our congregational hymn, Joyful, Joyful. Amen.
5: council meeting. This will take place on Thursday, September the 12th at 6 p.m. And our church business meeting will take place on Thursday, September the 19th at 6 p.m. Here in the sanctuary, all members are encouraged to attend. It's first Sunday here at Kate Chapel, which means we're celebrating our youth and academics. Our youth spotlight for this month is Madison Duvall. Madison is the daughter of Driscoll and Kenesha Duval, and she recently promoted from Northwest Rankin Middle School where she maintained all A's throughout the entire academic year. She was an active member of the track team, cross-country team, and president of the Thespian Society, Junior Bader Club, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and Competitive Theater. This past spring, Madison received the Bill Buckner Impact Award during the Mississippi Fellowship of Christian Athletes annual luncheon. This award is given to one middle school student in the entire state of Mississippi, who demonstrates Christian and academic leadership. Madison is extremely active at Kate Chapel, and this summer was selected to participate in the Trent Lott Leadership Institute for two weeks on the campus of the University of Mississippi in Oxford. Congratulations, Madison. Keep up the good work. At First Sunday's at York, we also celebrate your birthdays. Happy birthday to everyone with a birthday during the month of September. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com. Or you can go to the submit info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week.
1: Heard that that we had a chance to celebrate with Pastor this past week, and just in case somebody didn't have a chance, I, I, you know I just love to do it anyway. But ladies and gentlemen, the next president of the General Missionary Baptist State Convention, Reverend Reginald Buckley, let's give him a wonderful hand. that there are some special babies in the house. Those other September babies, would you all stand? September babies, look at the September babies. All right, and oh, well we have to have, uh, you ready? Here we go, let's sing together. (laughs) Now there are always those special people who happen to come to Cade Chapel and we call them visitors, but we know they are our friends. And if you're visiting for the first time or the 10th time and we'd just like to see you, would you please stand? Amen. All visitors. All visitors. All right now, we got at least one, right? We don't, we, oh yes, there we go, there we go we have something for you that you can only get here at Cade Chapel and we're so glad that your schedules would allow you to come today and if you're seeking a church home you don't have to look any further Cade Chapel is a friendly place where you would find your place to serve the Lord but now that you are our visitor of the day and family this is fellowship time Pat take us away
6: cross
7: The Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We indeed are rejoicing and glad in it. Thank God for our young young liturgical dancers who get us off to a wonderful start this morning. Amen. Bless our hearts. Amen. 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 Listen, we do want you to be in prayer for our brothers and sisters who find themselves in the path of this tremendous storm uh, churning out in the Atlantic, Hurricane Dorian. And looks like it might take a right turn and miss some of Florida, but it's gonna get somebody. So Wherever it goes, we pray that uh, God's hedge and God's hand would be upon, upon them. Amen? amen. Do lift, do lift up the entire East Coast. We don't know what it's going to do, but we know that God is in control of everything. Amen, amen. amen. Certainly, keep our Texas brothers and sisters in your prayers as well. Another shooting uh, was reported on this morning, and so we ask that you keep them in your prayers. Something's got to be done. We pray for leaders who will have the courage and the backbone to do the right thing. Amen. 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 But let's lift those families up as, they, as we suffer again uh, the loss of life due to a mass shooting. We want to also ask that you be in prayer for our national convention, which will be meeting on next this, this coming week uh, in the city of New Orleans. We pray that all of our delegates will arrive there safely. Certainly pray for a wonderful session. Uh, Dr. Young will be... Uh, affirmed as our next president uh, for the next five years again, amen, as no one is running against him, amen, and so it's another five years, amen, of uncontested leadership, and so we pray that God's will will be done with with our convention through our leader, Dr. Jerry Young, amen. Amen. Last but not least, let me take an opportunity just to thank you for your well wishes, for your kindness, as we celebrate it in the dark, Amen. 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 If, any, if anybody asks any question, we can do it. Amen. When all else fails, we know how to pull it together. I, I jokingly said to somebody, when K. Chapel planned something, we planned it so big that the whole city of Jackson just shuts down. Amen. Amen. But certainly we thank you. Thank you for being such a part of, of, of my 47th Uh, Birthday, and for coming out and sharing with us as we continue to press forward uh, in offering ourselves for leadership for the president of our state convention. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your presence. It means the world to me. Amen. We're preparing now for our tithes and offerings. We ask that you prepare now your gifts and your your offerings as we give them unto the Lord. Those of you who are joining us by live stream, you should be seeing a number at the bottom of your screen because we want everybody to participate in this time of worship through giving. We invite you now to prepare your gifts, your tithes, your offerings as we present them unto the Lord. The word, the spoken word is coming.
8: It is now time to bless the Lord through our giving. We understand that fully worshiping God includes offerings which are given primarily for three reasons here at Cade. We give, first of all, because it demonstrates our obedience to God's word. Secondly, we give as a sign of our thankfulness for God supplying provision in our lives. Thirdly, we give because we want to see God's kingdom grow through the missions and ministries that occur, occur here around the, and around the world through Cade. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from you, your hand. God bless. Ushers,
3: you're in charge.
0: For reminder. Let us pray. Lord, we do thank you again for this hour, this moment once again, that you have allowed us to come together. We thank you for all that you have done, all that you have been to, where you have brought us safe and sound. We thank you and we bless your name. We come now to give your name to pray. Bless your offering. Bless those who gave in this often, those who had not to give. Bless them as we well. keep us now ever in your presence. We'll be ever so careful to give your name to praise. These and all other blessings we do ask in your son Jesus' name. We do ask and pray. Amen, amen, and amen.
3: Good morning, K-Chapel. Listen, at this time, we, in our service each Sunday, you receive information on those families that are in need of your prayers and phone
6: calls. We're
3: going to ask that you please be in prayer for the Lynn, Miller, and Foster families for the loss of their loved one, Miss L- Willette Lynn. A memorial service for Miss Lynn will be held on September 14th here at Kate Chapel at 1 o'clock p.m. Also, Deaconess Jerry Thornton and Carol, Carolyn Bowman lost their aunt, Miss Barbara Jean Edwards. That funeral will be held on September 6th at the New Bethel AME Church here in Jackson at 11 o'clock a.m. We have in the hospital a Mr. James C. Gilmore, who is the brother of Sister Frances Dunn. He's in the ICU at the Forest General Hospital in Hattiesburg. Also, we ask that you be in prayer for the brother of Miss Jackie Simmons. He's in the hospital at UMMC. And recovering at home, Sister Lucille Green, who let me eagerly know that she was on her way home, Sister Dorothy Aldrich, Mother Triplett, Sister Aldra Harrell, Sister Vera Collins, and Brother Fred Gross, as always. And as I always say, pray when you can, visit when you can, and thank God each day that you can. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to get ready for the choir to bring us our next song, which is our song of preparation.
7: my joy in hardships you are my joy in lack little and loss you are my joy hmm my God. Jesus <laughs> You are the center mm. of my joy. My God, my God, my God, my God. The book of James, the book of James. I'm trying to get there, but the Book of James. Mm. You are my joy. My God, James chapter 1 Listen, if you will repeat this affirmation with me I'm about to hear God's holy word Concerning my life My mind is open My ears are I'm sorry, my mind is focused (laughs) My ears are open My heart is ready My soul is thirsty Now preach, preacher James chapter 1, these words are recorded, James chapter 1. James, servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Father, as you and your son in spirit are one, allow now your servant, your word, and your wisdom to become one. And we may affirm the imminence of your kingdom, the power of your spirit, and the lordship of your son. I trust you now for preaching. Guide now my mind and my mouth for a few moments that I may be able to think your thoughts and clearly articulate your words. Touch, strengthen in accordance to your will for us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to preach simply from this subject this morning. Be joyful. Be joyful. Be joyful. If you got any joy in your heart, why don't you look at your neighbor and tell him, be joyful. Be joyful. Be joyful, and the problem is you didn't look like you had any joy when you said it. Tell him again, be joyful, be joyful be be joyful be be joyful, be joyful i am i am I am absolutely convinced that God is incredible. Will anybody Go with me and just testifying that God is amazing and incredible. God, God is God is amazing. If if you don't get your shout, that was that was probably it right there. God is amazing. There's some folk who live through some things who can testify God is amazing. When you look back over your life and you look at all the things that you've been through and came out of, you can witness that God is amazing. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, God is simply amazing. His wonders to behold. Uh, The hymnologist thought about the awesomeness of God and the incredible nature of God one day, and he penned these words, Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder, Consider all the works thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. He, he, is, he is amazing. He is incredible. He is Great, and when one looks upon creation itself, mighty indeed are the works of the Lord. Within this awesome web of his wondrous creation, God places man, gives him dominion over his vast world, and makes him the chief steward of it all. Scriptures teach us that God spoke everything into this world, into existence with a simple let there be. And the scripture says, after he said, let there be, it was so. But when it came to humanity, God put his divine fingerprint upon him, fashioning him in his image and molding him after his likeness and going so far as to breathe the very spirit of God into man, giving him the breath of life, making man a living soul. This amazing God, creator of the universe, put some of himself on us and in us which suggests that if my father is amazing, then there should be some of that amazingness in me. Some of his nature should be seen in me. Some of his character should be seen in me. Some of his ways should be seen in me. And this morning, we want to begin a four-week series that is intended to inspire the believer to live an incredible life for an amazing God. An incredible life for an amazing God. Specific to this series is cultivating an attitude about life so that we can live life to its fullest. Full of hope, full of joy, full of peace and full of power. For the reality is that too often believers don't look or act like we come from an awesome God. We look at life through lenses of skepticism and pessimism and cynicism. We can sometimes be negative about life and those who, negative about life and, 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 and what is in the world. We, 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 we sometimes look at life and are so negative about it. We can sometimes sound so hopeless, live so joyless, and act so powerless and seem like we don't have an awesome, amazing God on our side. But as children of the Most High God, we should approach life differently. We should see life differently. We should understand life in such a way that power and love and joy and peace, all of those things of God are on full display for the world to see. So, we want to talk about for the next few Sundays amazing God, awesome you. Amazing God, awesome you. Amazing God, awesome you. And and in talking about an awesome you, we're going to be talking mostly about your attitude concerning life itself. My hope is that you will consider what it is about your attitude concerning life that needs to be changed. Are you really living in and living out the fullness of God's peace or are you worried too much? Let you think about it. Are you walking in God's strength and power, believing that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you or do you too quickly give up, give in and quit? Do you live in a hopeful hopeful life that is framed by faith such that you believe for that which you cannot see or do you too often wait for others to go and do before you join in on the journey? Do you see God's provisions manifested in your life or do you too often wonder, God, have you forgotten about me? Because nothing seems to be happening in the way it is for everybody else. My question is very simple. Simple. What kind of attitude do you have concerning life? By taking on the right attitude, you can dramatically change your life and become awesome testaments for God's glory. So let me start. Let me start. Let me start without you trying to wonder where I'm going and what I'm saying. Let me start right here by saying to you, watch this. Listen, everybody hear me right here. Your attitude is your choice. Your attitude is your choice. The disposition that you take on and display, that's your choice. You choose to be positive or you choose to be negative. It's your. Did nobody make you do that? That's your choice. The way you're looking at me right now, that's your choice. You can choose to be affirming Or you can choose to have your arms folded. It's your choice. How you receive truth, how you receive criticism, how you receive information, it's your choice. Amen. How you are and how you present yourself to others is an absolute choice. You control that. If you are joyful and content... That's by choice. If you're mean and cantankerous, that's by choice. If you are gracious and giving, that is by choice. If you are greedy and ungracious, that is by choice. If you are unforgiving and cold-hearted, come on and finish it if you can. That's by choice. If you are kind and merciful, that's by choice. The way that we are, the attitude that we project, the disposition that we carry, all of that is a matter of choice. And who you are and how you are seen by others is largely up to you. Be clear. For the most part, folk are not sitting around making up stuff about you. You give them evidence. Amen. Folk not just making up what they say about you. There's some truth to it. See, y'all looking at me like folk been lying on you. They ain't lying. They are not lying. There's some truth to what they're saying about how you act, how you talk, how you react, how you respond. Amen. Y'all clamming up right now. And so if there is a narrative out there that we don't like about ourselves, we at least ought to take some time to take a look. Where are they getting that from? Why do they say that about me? That, that's not who I am, or at least that's not who I think I am, but, but why is it that where I go, everybody says this about me? Amen. Amen. And how do I better represent, watch this, whose I am and who I'm striving to be? How do I better represent whose I am and who I am in Christ Jesus? This morning, we want to start by looking at being a person of joy. James write in our text, "Counted it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations, James, James, the apostle James, who writes this epistle, James is the half-brother of Jesus. But interestingly, in this epistle, James, who is the half-brother of Jesus, never name drops. He never says, y'all know I'm Jesus' half-brother, don't you? He never brings it up. He never attempts to assert any kind of special privilege being the half-brother of Jesus. In fact, he refers to himself in his salutation only as a servant of God. And of the Lord Jesus Christ, James puts himself in the position then of every other believer, a servant of Jesus. Rather than lifting up him up himself up, he says, "I'm just a servant of the Lord. Sometimes we can get beside ourselves because of who we think we are and what we've done and the honor we think we deserve, but please understand that we are all just servants. Of Jesus Christ. Does not matter your title, does not matter your position in the church, how long you've been here. We are all just servants of Jesus Christ. I wish four or five more folk would clap their hands. James does not draw attention to his familial relationship, he does not draw a distinction between himself and others. He simply calls himself a servant. Even even though Jesus was his half brother, James says, Listen, I'm his servant and he's my savior. And somehow, we've got to get back to recognizing that unless you're serving others, you're not doing much of anything. You can get caught up in titles if you want to, but unless you're serving, you're not doing much. You can make sure people call you by this and people recognize you by that, but unless you're serving, you're not doing much. Jesus says that he that is greatest among you must first become his servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. James begins by claiming not his kinship, but rather his servanthood. then he says, count it all joy. Another translation reads, consider it all joy. In other words, consider it, think of it like this. When you fall into trouble, think of it like this when problems are around you consider it think of it like this when situations and issues develop think of those things in these terms which first of all suggests that you have a decision to make regarding your perspective on the matters of life you can look at what happens through to you through a lens of positivity Or you can look at it through a lens of negativity. You can see it from an angle of gratitude. Or you can see it from an angle of grief. You can have a perspective of thankfulness or you can complain and become bitter. James says when you fall and you will fall. Which means when you fall, stuff is going to happen. Things are going to come your way. Sickness is going to come find you. Hurtness is going to pierce your heart. Loss is going to find your address. And when it happens, he says you got a choice to make about how you will think about it. James says count it joy. Count in the Greek is actually a term that suggests to reckon. Or to tabulate, to calculate, James says, listen, when you find yourself in a place of pain, a situation that is sour, a time that is tragic, James says, count, reckon, tabulate. Count, reckon, tabulate. Count, reckon, tabulate. Tabulate, in other words, when I find myself in a less than desirable situation, reckon and take an accounting of the situation. In other words, <clears throat> this is a good place when you find yourself in trouble to go through what I call the could have, should have, and would have. Come on and talk to me if you can. He, he said count it all joy. Count it, reckon tabulate and when I when I get in trouble I ought to go through the could have should have and would have scenarios anybody here admit you've done some foolish things in your life anybody admit that that when you think about the foolish things that you've done in your life you realize it could have ended up another way y'all ain't talking to me in here Some decisions that you made that were it not for the grace of God could have meant a whole nother life for you, could have meant things did not turn out that you've taken some risk and put yourself in some risky situations that could have turned out differently and since I know I know how good things are rather than complaining about things as they are right now when I think about how things could have been how things could have gone how things could have turned out I'm thankful for things being as good as they are I'm a counted, I'm a tabulated I'm a reckoned and thank God that it ain't what it could have been it could have gone a whole nother way It, it could have Carol it could have it could have gone a whole nother way. I told this story before, but I'll tell it again since since I got some new drivers in the place. I, when when I was a young boy, when a young boy, and I had my fast car, I was I was driving as fast as I was comfortable driving, and and I was driving that Z twenty eight one day on, on on County Line Road, and y'all remember before the roads were fixed. Wait a minute, let me let me say that again. Um, before, before but, huh, I can't fix it the way I need to, but. B- Before there were all the dips in County Line under, under the bridge at 220. Some of y'all remember back in the early 90s and you had those real big dips and, and, and I wasn't real familiar with that road at the time and I, I was doing, I know I know I had to be doing, I ain't going to tell you how fast I was, but I was going fast. I was going fast and fast enough that when I hit the first dip, I went airborne. And in that one second, when I knew my tires were off the ground, I said, this ain't good. And, and when I hit the ground, the steering wheel jerked and, and turned, and, and, I di- and I didn't lose control. But, but I say all that to say, I know what could have happened. Because I also know that at that same spot, somebody lost their life. Oh, it's a matter of public record. Somebody hit that same spot and did not live to see about it. I know what could have happened. Could have. I counted up. I could have, but but then I think about what should have, because some of you, some of you will admit that you've been in some accidents and, and you've had some paramedics and some police officers look at the carnage and look at the car and look at the wreck and say, Now I've seen wrecks like this, and you should not. I pulled folk out and had to put them on a stretcher, but you got up and walked away. You should not. There's some could haves and should haves that have happened in my life that when I think about it, I just count it up. Could have, should have, and were it not for the grace of God, I would have been dead and gone. Would would have been lost in my. So he says, he says, he says, when you find yourself. In all of these situations that you will inevitably find yourself in. Count it. Tabulate it. Reckon it. See how good God has been in your life. Do I have a witness here? James James says, James says that the way for the believer to handle such moments is to consider it. Joy. Now what does that mean exactly? Because if James is asking me to be happy about being hurt, he's lost me. If he's asking me to smile when somebody's stabbing me, he's... I I don't get that. If James is asking, saying that I need to somehow muster the strength to smile while being smitten, to laugh while going through loss, to be glad when life is full of gloom, that's just denying reality. But that's not what James is saying at all. In fact, what James points to is the fact that if we're going to count your, if you're going to count your experience for joy, you've got to be willing, watch this, to look beyond the experience itself. Verse 2 says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Verse 3, knowing this, knowing this. Knowing this, James says, There's something you've got to know about the trial if you're going to count it for joy. Knowing this, if you're going to have the right attitude about the trial, there's something you've got to understand about the pain if you're going to have the right attitude about the pain. There's something you've got to recognize about the hurt if you're going to have the right attitude about the hurt. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So James says, To frame our hurts with joy because the trial is working to take me somewhere. That's the first thing. The trial is working to take me somewhere. James says this. The trial or the test is all about your faith. Your faith is being tried. Your faith is being tested. Your faith is being put through the furnace of affliction. And the only way, the only way. The only way that faith is perfected, y'all, is by turning up the heat. Faith is not perfected in cool valleys. It's perfected in burning furnaces. Faith is not finished by letting it rest in peaceful pastures, but faith is made uh, strong by enduring the intensity of burning flames. Only then. When it has gone through the fire, can it emerge, strengthen, and finish? And getting to the next level in your life's journey, getting to the next level in your faith oftentimes requires that it be tested by going through some trial, some pain, some problem. Listen to what I said. Getting to the next place of your faith, getting to the next level in your journey, often requires that you go through some test, some trial, some hardship, of your faith. The writer of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, writes these words. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen to that again. The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Hmm. That is to say this, watch this, that between where Jesus was and where he was going, there was the cross. You Missed it. Between where he was and where he was going, there was the cross. Between where he was And getting, watch this, to the right hand of the Father, there was the experience of the cross. The writer of Hebrews says, he endured the cross in order to get. I'm trying to tell you. the, the, the thing you're going through is taking you somewhere. The, the pain that you're experiencing is getting you to the next place in life. The, the hurt and the hardship and the thing that's going on that you wonder, Lord, why is this happening to me? The writer of Hebrews says he endured this so that he could get to this. I'm trying to tell somebody, I'm trying to tell somebody, the way that you count it for joy, you've got to look beyond the pain and see the purpose. Uh, you, you got to look beyond the hurt and see the hallelujah you've got to look beyond what's going on right here and see what's happening up here to know that I, in order to get here I've got to go through this and if God means that I've got to go through this then I'm willing because where God is taking me is better than where I he endured the cross Why did he endure the cross? He endured the cross because he knew that by enduring the cross, he was securing the salvation for humanity. And he was willing to do that in order to get there. He endured the cross because he knew that by so doing, he was procuring the atonement of humanity for all time. And in order to get the purpose of that, he was willing to endure the pain of the cross. The pain of the cross did not keep him or deter him from the purpose. It, I, my purpose is going to outweigh this pain. It's, it's kind of like, like the birth of a child. The mother endures labor pain. And she goes through all of that pain for the joy of the birth. For what's on the other side of the pain, I'll endure the pain because of the purpose of the birth. I don't, I don't believe y'all are praying with me today. There's some things you gotta go through, but on the other side, the psalmist said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. On the other side of the pain, there is the purpose that will outlive the hurt. And make the pain all worthwhile. Second thing that James says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. He says, I can count it all joy. Secondly, because the trial is working to produce something in me. It's working to produce something in me. James says this: trial, try the trial, watch this. The trial is working patience into your life. Please understand. Please understand, patience, watch this, patience is not inevitably worked into everybody's life just because of problems. Because depending on how you receive the problem determines what's left in your life. I wish I could preach that the way I feel it. But but depending on how, so, so watch this, if you receive it in faith, patience can be worked into your life. But if you receive it with unbelief and you receive it with doubt and you receive it complaining and murmuring, then guess what's working into your life? Bitterness, discontent, uh, ungratefulness. It depends on how you receive what God is allowing. He says, and if you receive it by faith, then by faith, patience will be worked. Into your life by faith, patience, patience to watch the amazing work of the Lord, patience to see God turn the situation around, patience to see God's mighty hand move in miraculous ways. He works patience into our lives to watch the Lord do what only God can do. Thirdly, and I'm through the trial, the trial counted as joy because the trial is working to mature you. The trial is working to mature you. Verse four says, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Listen, he says, listen, I I, I know you don't like it, but, but you can count it joy because the thing that's happening in you is actually maturing you. It's perfecting you. James says, listen, if you receive it in faith, The trial will produce patience, but you must let patience do its perfecting work. You must allow patience to do its maturing work. Let, allow, give permission for patience to grow and develop you. And one thing you must know is that when you understand, must understand about joy is that as you mature and as you grow, you understand that joy is not merely a feeling. Joy is not just an emotion. A lot of people think that joy is something that you feel good about on a good day. But when you have been perfected and matured, you will come to understand that joy is not circumstantial. Joy is not predicated on preconditions being met, but joy is an internal reality that in spite of external conditions, you still have the joy of the Lord inside of you. Joy is an internal reality that means that my skies don't have to be blue. My skies don't have to be sunny. I've got the joy of the Lord on the inside. And when storms come, I have joy. When sickness comes, I have joy. When loss comes, I have joy. When disappointments come, I have joy. Why? Because joy is not about what's going on the outside. Joy is what's happening on the inside. Joy stays with me when my outside is on trouble. Joy stays with me when my outside is going in circles. Joy isn't. But you got to live long enough. And you got to let patience have its perfect work. To mature you to the point of knowing. That even when the feeling of happiness leaves. I still have joy even when i don't feel like smiling i still have joy even when folk have gotten on my nerves i still have joy even when i got news that i don't like i still have joy even when the doctors tell me that i got a hard road to hold i still have joy i have joy because i know who's with me i have joy because i know who's walking by my side i have joy because he said i'll never leave you nor forsake you i have joy and when his joy is on the inside, can't no devil on the outside take it? When his joy is on the inside, can't no demon steal it from him When his joy is on the inside, is there anybody in this house that can testify today, I still have joy. I say I still have joy. After everything, that I've been through, I
4: still
7: have joy. I've been through storms and been through rain, but I still have joy. I've been through heartache, been through some pain, but I still, still have joy. Been through loss, been through hardships, but I still have still have joy is there anybody in here who can testify today that I still I still got it I still got it and the reason I have it watch this is because I allowed I allowed to perfect me. To mature me. Be honest. You wasn't always where you are right now. Be be honest. There were were days when, when the sky determined your attitude. Be honest, there there were days, there were days when folk in the office determined what kind of day you would have. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. There were moments, there were moments when people could change your whole perspective and mess you up for the rest of the day. But patience has had her perfect work. And now folk who used to get on your nerves, now you get on theirs. Not not because you're trying to, because they're trying to figure out how is it that I'm still doing everything I used to do and it don't bother him no more. They have such peace now and such joy now, and, and I can't throw them off their game because patience has matured me, has developed me not to let anything take my joy.
9: Because mm. Jesus, you're the center of. My joy. All that's good and perfect comes from You.
6: The doors of the church are open.
7: Hallelujah. You can come by letter by Christian experience as a candidate for baptism. Hope for
9: all I do. Call His name. you're the center
7: of my joy. Will there be one? Will there be one? Sing it, man.
9: Jesus, you are you're the
6: center of All oh, that's good.
9: find pleasure
3: with the statement. Good
8: morning, church. I needed that message, Reverend, because uh, last week, that was the strength that God had given me to hold the family together. It ain't every day that you go to uh, a family, uh, a funeral, and everybody celebrating one who is lost, one who celebrates on repast with you, and everybody's having a good time and enjoying each other. Two-thirty in the morning, we're all in the same hotel. It's a big pill to swallow. But that message gives me strength, Reverend. But that is the message of some of the words that I said to cover the family because you got a wife, just lost a brother, and then she lose her auntie on the same time, at about the same time. It's tough. But I want to thank you, church, for praying for me. I want to thank you. I want to let you know the message that Reverend just gave us That is a message that we need to take in our hearts because if if you haven't been there, you're going to go there. It's going to come a time when somebody's going to have to be strong. Somebody's going to have to be strong. So that message, Reverend, I need that message, and that message should be given to all of us that we take that message in our heart and let God be who God is. Amen.
7: Bless you. Bless you. you. Tell your neighbor. Count it all joy. (laughs) Count it all joy. Tell him again. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. That was the wrong neighbor. Tell your other neighbor. Count it all joy. 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 joy. Amen. 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 We're standing. God bless you. God bless you. Count it all joy. My God. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Amen.